Welcome to the Women of Wild podcast, where we explore what it means to be a woman. We will be discussing real life challenges from being a daughter, a wife, a mother, a single mom, and beyond. We're two friends living very different lives. One is married with all girls. The other is divorced with all boys. We're perfect bookends to speak from opposite perspectives on all the things. Our mission is to search out the heart of a woman and to pour into you wherever you are with real life wisdom, actionable steps, and application of the topics we discuss to continue our self-development into a wild woman. That is a woman of wisdom, impact, love, and dignity. So let's go. Because we believe practicing gratitude is so important for growth, we have created a free download for you with ideas that can be used to practice gratitude daily. We hope you will enjoy it. If you come up with more ideas, we would love for you to share them with us through email or in our Facebook community. The download will also be in the show notes, and we hope you enjoy it. We have a couple of exciting announcements we want to share with you before we get started today. We are grateful for these opportunities and hope you will be too. Beginning Tuesday, November 29th, we are leading a 10-day holiday health challenge that we would love for you to join us in doing. We're offering a meal plan, shopping list, an exercise plan, along with daily support and community with all of us doing the challenge. We hope it will be a great experience for everyone and a taste of what we have planned this January, which is the launch of the WOW community. The WOW community is where wild women come to grow and thrive. When we started Women of Wild podcast, we always knew we wanted it to grow into a more connected and supportive community. Through the podcast, we hope to offer valuable information, life stories, and connections. Through this community, though, we hope to offer greater wisdom, impact, love, and dignity on a more intimate level that will result in substantial growth in many areas of your life. We'll have a theme for each month, and throughout the month, we'll provide live teachings, group coaching sessions, and interactive support through the private Facebook group. We hope to create a fun, safe, engaging space that will encourage you, support you, and help you grow into the person you want to become. We all need community, and we hope you can find yours here. Those of you who sign up for the 10-day challenge will get a first free taste of this community. There's no obligation to continue if it is not for you. Since it's the week of Thanksgiving, we are going to make sure to hit the obligatory gratitude episode. But this is not your mama's gratitude discussion. We're going to geek out on some sciencey stuff about how the brain responds to feelings of gratitude. And we're going to talk a little about some of the misconceptions surrounding the practice of gratitude. What we promise you is that if you stick around, we're going to give you some morsely good food for thought a platter full of facts, and a sweet side of feels for your listening pleasure. So let's go. A great quote that I heard was, it is not happiness that brings us gratitude. It is gratitude that brings us happiness. And I'd have to put that to the test, but I really liked how it sounded, (laughs) especially for this episode. And to just lay the foundation a little bit about first what happens to us physically, and then we'll talk about what happens to us in the feels, the emotions. The first place that I found the coolest information about what happens to our brain when we practice gratitude or have feelings of gratitude was from the Mindful Awareness Research Center of UCLA. They have found 
that our brain actually changes the neural structures as we experience gratitude. And so that can be a give and receive. So if we do an act of kindness and somebody is super grateful for something that we did, it our brain has an even stronger response to that than when we are thankful for something that somebody else did. Isn't that interesting? That really lines up with in 2020 when things shut down and I was bored trying to figure out what to do with that time. I took this class that Yale offers called The Science of Well-Being, and it's basically a, a class on happiness. It's interesting you said that quote, it is gratitude that brings us happiness. And that was one of the things. And they, because it's Yale, they've done tons of social exper experiments and scientific research on this. And they have found that that was the first practice we did. By the end of the class, if you put these different things into practice, which one was gratitude, it was supposed to restructure your brain to help you become a happier person and teach you how to, I guess, practice the things that actually make us happier. And that does have to do with those hormones and chemicals in our brain. But there are things we can do to make that better. And gratitude was one of them. And one of the other practices was doing something kind for someone else. Because that's, like you said, a bigger boost in serotonin or one of those, I don't know which one, but a bigger boost in whatever those chemicals are when you actually do something kind for someone else and they appreciate it. So it's interesting how it all works together. Does, yes. <laughs> and they say that gratitude is as potent as any medication. If we were to practice it on a more consistent basis, how much it literally bathes our brain and serotonin, you had it right, and serotonin. And serotonin is the reset button for dopamine. The dopamine and serotonin are our happy hormones. That's the chemicals that we like to release. That's why we like the likes and the comments on all of our social media, because it releases dopamine. <laughs> so we really enjoy those, those hormone releases. And to just get super, because if there's anybody that's as fascinated by the brain as I am that's listening, I just wanted to give one little morsel of tidbit. You know, when we were doing homeschooling, we would do the black line outlines of the brain and had to label all the different parts of the brain. I get so excited when I can actually identify them now <laughs> and understand, hey, I know where that is. All right. So it is the hippocampus and the amygdala. Those are the two main parts of our brain that are activated by feelings of gratitude, also the two main parts of the brain that regulate emotions, memory, and body function. So one of my weaknesses is memory, and everybody's trying to be more present, put down the technology and be more present, present of mind in the moment to create those core memories. And I thought, well, here is one where we're lining up gratitude. If you line gratitude up with a memory, so if you're having an event or an experience that you really want to create a core memory of, in that moment, you practice gratitude for the moment. That part of the brain is already in high activation and, it, and you can connect the memory. Uh, it seals the deal basically in you better if you practice gratitude in the moment that you're trying to be present, you're trying to create that core memory. I thought that was amazing. So I'm actually going to try that because my memory does not serve me very well. I have to write everything down just so I know what I've done, what I felt, what I thought. <laughs> In the same way. Maybe that'll help. We'll see. That's my, yeah. my goal for 2023, work on memory and gratitude. 
memory and gratitude. And all you got to do is just be grateful in the moment and the memory is going to stick. That's my thought. That's my theory. I'm going to work on it. I like that. Yeah, me too. To balance the, the science part of this, I have all my notes here. And I, I'm sorry, I'm going to apologize in advance for this scratchy voice. I'm still battling with throat lozenges and tea right now, but we're going to work through it. <laughs> yes. All right. If we were to think of gratitude as a medicine, that gratitude actually medicates and helps. Well, it's all the health variables basically in some, but it's our cardiovascular health our relationship, our mental health, our physical and cognitive performance. So actual intentional practices of gratitude influence and impact all of those things. That is crazy to me. But one of the direct links and the reason that is, is because when we practice gratitude, all the good stuff happens with our serotonin and our dopamine. But what happens when that happens is our cortisol is greatly reduced to almost nothing. Mm -hmm. Cortisol is our stress hormone, and the stress hormone impacts our body negatively. That's the negative. That's what we're doing to our brain, our physical brain, when we are practicing gratitude. We're reducing the stress hormones and releasing the happy. That makes sense, too, because I'm sure you've seen those things where you can't be grateful and negative or complaining at the same time in your brain. Yeah. So that would make sense that the stress would be reduced if you're truly right. practicing gratitude. So I love Brene Brown. A lot of you probably have read some of her books or listened to her TED Talks. But in The Gifts of Imperfection, she was studying different relationships between things of wholehearted individuals. And she said, without exception, every single person who described themselves as living a joyful life said that they practiced gratitude every day and they attributed their joyfulness to their gratitude practice. That was a consistent thing that she found and there weren't any exceptions to that, which I thought that's really interesting that, you know, if you are looking for joy, there's a a formula there. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. To practice gratitude. And they they saw the difference between happiness was more circumstantial and joy was more spiritual, just sort of a way of engaging with the world that's more connected to practicing gratitude. It wasn't so much based on your circumstances. So they could find some gratitude and joy even when their circumstances were unfavorable. The other thing she mentions is you've heard the thing about having an attitude of gratitude. And she... (laughs) Had a kind of funny that she's like, you know, you can have an attitude about something and not put it into practice. <laughs> she compared it to having gratitude without practice may be a little like having faith without works. It's dead. It's not alive. I think it's important, too, to think about the things that we're grateful for every day. I'm grateful for my home, my family, you know, those things. I want to be grateful for on a daily basis, but also it's good to stretch ourselves and try to think of something new that I haven't been grateful for before. So it doesn't become just a redundant list. We need to keep that intentional growth part in it because if it becomes mechanical, it just really isn't practicing anymore. Oh, that's reminding me of something I just saw on some post or something. It was, it listed all these beautiful things that they thought were that they were thankful for 
as little as the swirls of steam coming off their coffee cup mm -hmm. or the way the sunlight flashes off of their dog or whatever. You know, I mean, right. some of it is so stuff we wouldn't, you have to kind of stop, really, really stop everything to see things like that. Something that my friend and I used to do a long time ago is um, we would challenge each other to find beauty during the day in the most humble of places and um, like something really random. She was eating uh, chips and salsa at a Mexican restaurant and one of the chips had a, a, a hole in it, but it was a perfect heart. And she texted me a picture of it, like found beauty at the Mexican restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it has the same effect when you're looking for something beautiful that's not your average, typical something beautiful, and you make it beautiful in your brain. I think it has the same thing, that beauty and gratitude are perceived in the same way in the brain when you receive it. I think so, because you're looking for the positive rather than, mm -hmm. oh, I got a broken chip. Or, you know, I mean, we could turn right. it around and complain about something <laughs> or see the beauty in it. That definitely has the same effect on our brains in a healing way. I know a lot of people talk about those first few thoughts that you have when you wake up in the morning and how we need to, what's the word, direct our thoughts in the morning instead of just letting them flow because our default seems to always be negative. Mm -hmm. Another friend of mine said she started a habit in the morning when she would wake up, the first thing she would say would be, um, good morning, Holy Spirit. It would automatically put her attention on outside of her and be thankful for the presence of God. Again, in that same chapter in the book, The Gifts of Imperfection, she took this from another author, um, Lynn Twist. But when you talk about waking up, she says one of the things that keeps us from practicing gratitude is we might wake up in the morning and for many of us, our first waking thought of the day is I didn't get enough sleep. The next one is I don't have enough time. Whether true or not, that thought of not enough occurs to us automatically before we even think to question or examine it. We spend most of the hours of the day of our lives hearing, explaining, complaining, or worrying about what we don't have enough of. We don't have enough exercise. We don't have enough work. We don't have enough profits. We don't have enough power. We don't have enough weekends. Or, of course, we don't have enough money ever. We're not thin enough. We're not smart enough. We're not pretty enough or fit enough or educated or successful enough or rich enough ever. Before we even sit up in bed, before our feet touch the floor, we've already, we're already inadequate, already behind, already losing, already lacking something. And by the time we go to bed at night, our minds race with a litany of what we didn't get or didn't get done that day. We go to sleep burdened by those thoughts and wake up to the reverie of lack. And I just, that was such a convicting little paragraph when I read that the first time because I thought, how many mornings have I thought, oh, I didn't get enough sleep. I don't have enough time. And we can start with that thought or we can start with thought, good morning, Holy Spirit. <laughs> What a difference that might make in our day and how we go about it, switching that mindset. And I think when you've had a very long span of 
just a negative mindset that that feeling of doing something like that feels really weird and yeah and awkward uh and probably feels like you're almost lying because it may be conflicting with your feelings when you try to start a, a gratitude mindset I can think of some of the times that I've just been in a pit of despair and uh, for lengthy periods of time and where I begin to think scarcity is my portion forever, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's really the mindset you were just talking about. Everything is not enough and everything's negative. Everything's dark. And I think that's really uh, very common during winter, fall and winter months too, for yeah. a lot of people that are generally positive thinkers or positive people. I think the winter months can kind of, have an effect on us with the shorter days where it starts to become a little bit easier to be negative and complainy and focus on the the bad then when we become really super aware of what we're thinking and especially what we're saying out loud that it has so much power and it is really that simple just shift instead of I don't have enough of what do you have plenty of the air the bed the heat I don't even remember where I read this because I was looking up lots of things on gratitude, but it said, what are you doing with what you already have? <laughs> we always right. want more, but am I even using what I have mm -hmm. as well as I could? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're always a work in progress, room for improvement. <laughs> <laughs> right. but you just touch on one thing that I was going to try to see how to work this into the conversation of gratitude and that's contentment being content with what we have doesn't necessarily mean that we have to stop wanting for more and i, I there's a conflict it almost feels like a conflict with scripture um and i think a lot of times we we feel that like okay we're supposed to be content with what we have be grateful for what we have but that doesn't mean to stop going for more right what do you think about that? No, but I also think there are scriptures that call us to go for more. The one that came to my mind recently is the one of the, like, the talents where they, mm -hmm. and I'm going to probably not say this correctly, and I don't know where it is because I didn't look it up recently, but where, I don't know if it was the father maybe gave each child different portions like maybe one got two talents one got one and one got five but the one who had one just buried it because they were afraid of losing it the one with the other two went out and risked something to invest them but ended up with more I felt convicted recently that I'm wasting some opportunities I've been given and I really need to use those opportunities to the best of my ability rather than just sitting back and hoping they'll keep coming and not not taking advantage of them so i do think and i think that's biblical i i do believe that we're supposed to do the best with what we have and it'll grow and again like if you um if you're faithful with a little bit you'll be given more right so there's those things but i think that doesn't mean I think you can be both. I think you can be grateful and content and pursue 
more things. Right. It's not putting your contentment in how much you currently have. The pursuit is a separate, it's more like the journey, not the destination. I think that's what it kind of, it, it brings yeah. it back to that. It's, but that we don't put our identity and our quality of life in the thing that we don't have yet. And so that we could still be content right now with where we are and what we have. And that doesn't mean to stop the pursuit. Yeah. And I, one of the things I've had to tell myself at different times in my life is I have everything I need to do what I'm supposed to do right now. There, a lot of times I want more. And we've talked about this. Like, I want more training or more experience, more wisdom, more whatever. I can't do it now. But tr- I need to trust that God has given me what I need to do, what I what I need to do right now. We have what we need today to do what we're supposed to do today. And I think that also goes in with contentment because I used to live my life like I can't be happy or content until I have this or until this happens. But that might never happen if it's out of my control, especially if it depends on another. For me, it used to be like my husband or my child, you know, they need to be doing this before I can be happy and content. Mm-hmm. And that that's not a way to live. What you focus on grows. If you're focused on not enough, not enough is going to grow. Right. right. We focus on what we have, then what we have will grow. Yes, that's a universal truth. And that's how powerful we are as humans to just take it from an idea or a thought and make it more, more negative, more positive, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. outcome is going to happen. One of the other things I wanted to think about or bring into conversation was I think that gratitude goes alongside rest as well, because I think that you kind of have to take a moment to rest in whatever is happening in that moment. Like it's not going, there's not always going to be an opportunity to be grateful when you're you're experiencing crisis and trauma and you're in the midst of that or even just trying to work through that. Like what you were Mm -hmm. saying, we can't command of people to be grateful when their whole life is on fire. I think that's why I love going back and tying science to scripture the way Dr. Caroline Leaf does it. Oh, yeah. she, She ties scripture and science together so beautifully. And I love it because it shows God perfect intentions in the way that he designed us to work six days a week. And we're supposed to take one day off. We're supposed to have that Sabbath. And in that Sabbath, it's about taking the time to let your brain rest. And in that rest is when we get the serotonin bath. That's when we can think about all the goodness of God. That's what you're supposed to do during the Sabbath is, is to concentrate on all the goodness of God. And it just bathes your brain in serotonin. And then Dr. Huberman talks about When you do that, when you have that serotonin wash over your brain, it resets your dopamine, which is your drive to go do all the things. The serotonin resets your drive. And by the time the Sabbath is over and the rest is over, you're raring to go. You're ready to go. You may not want to go to work, (laughs) but your (laughs) brain and your body is ready to go to work. It's ready to go continue the drive, do the thing. As you say that, it makes me think resting from technology, too, because they've done studies that, like, kids are more depressed and anxious than they've ever been. 
-hmm. like it's getting younger and younger. And a lot of that is attributed to the phone that those dopamine hits we get every time we see a little, a light, a text light up or a notification is depleting our brains of the dopamine that we have. And so it is causing more depression and anxiety in adults and children. But Children are, you know, they're still having developing brains and they're already depleted of these hormones that they need or these neurotransmitters to function. And they're not taking a day off to rest their brains and refill that the serotonin and the dopamine. It's I would encourage, you know, I don't know if I could get my kids to do it, but I mean, I need to do it myself. (laughs) I think that would be really beneficial for people to rest from technology, too. Yeah, my uh, son is only 18, and he's trying his hand at entrepreneurship in a in a heftier way. He's been doing entrepreneurial work, but now he's got a partner, and it's expanding, and it's getting a little bit more real for him, and the stress is starting to get to him. Well, last night, he got sick, and he got a little, there's a stomach bug going around, so I had asked him to just take the day off, just just stop, and I don't mean stop the action. I mean stop your brain, because you might be able to do all the actions and your body would be fine, but it's your brain. You really need to quiet your brain to just mm-hmm. let your body rest and heal. Like there's obviously a virus pushing its way through your body and you sitting there getting, uh, getting in a loop of stress because you have to stop today. is just going to make it worse. You know, you have to, you have to just really yeah. quiet your brain and submit to the moment that today is the day we are not going to do any marketing you're not going to be trying to make any leads, generate leads. Today is a day of just <laughs> Yeah. I, did he do it? Um, he did. He did take the day off. Nice. <clears throat> he, I'm impressed. <laughs> I don't know how much he stopped his brain. Cause, right. You know, I, I mean, that's what, easier said than done yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can attest to that. <laughs> when you're an entrepreneur, it's 24-7. <laughs> you got to shut that brain up. I had an example of, and this happened a long time ago, but I think it was maybe one of the first times that I noticed how gratitude can change, changed my perspective. It was years ago, probably 15 years ago. I don't know how long, but it sticks in my mind that strongly. I can remember where I was standing and where I was in my house and who I was talking to, but I was talking to a friend on the phone and like a real phone (laughs) you know a cordless phone back then so that's how long ago it was (laughs) ages ago (laughs) yeah (laughs) and uh I was complaining about my husband and all the things that were bothering me about him and what I did do right is I was talking to a friend who was a healthy person and she said She didn't jump in. She didn't start complaining with me or being like, yeah, that's awful. What she did was something that no one had ever done for me before in that same situation. She turned the conversation around and she said, but look at all the things he is doing. And I can just tell you, like, I can feel it in my body when just thinking about her saying that. She listed some positive things that I had told her, I guess, another time that he was doing. And it just completely changed my whole attitude towards him and how I was feeling and what I was thinking. I, that's one of those moments where it was like, dawned on me, this really does work. 
sometimes we need someone else to help us <laughs> if we're stuck in that negativity. But she helped me. And it just, I still am amazed at how, what a shift that made in my thinking and how impactful that was. Just immediately right then, right? Yeah, it really did. It was, I just softened immediately. And I thought, you know, that really is something you can impact. She impacted me by just pointing out all the positive things and not jumping in with me about negative things which a lot of people will do, but even to be a friend and helping your own friend or your children or husband or wife or whoever, like shift that perspective can really make a difference. Yeah. It really is that fast too. It's, uh, it's the wonder medicine. It can just, Mm -hmm. if you can receive it in that moment, like you didn't have to receive it. You could have been, (laughs) you could have rejected it, but you're wise enough to receive it and to, allow her to take you there a different angle of looking at everything that was that's part of the wisdom of it too just being willing yeah. to go there I think it surprised me because <laughs> I wasn't expecting it yeah <laughs> I had an experience yesterday that was kind of you know when we're preparing for these episodes we're we're thinking about the topic for days on end and it always and I love how that works because it makes you think about all these great topics all these good things so just thinking about gratitude was good you know um, but it starts to you start to see things uh, you know a little the word gratitude starts to be highlighted everywhere you're reading and um, and then of course I was trying to prepare my voice because I was so bad yesterday I could barely even talk I lost my voice by the end of the night and so I was trying to you know what they say, all the, all the vocalists, all the, all the rock stars will tell you when they're on tour and their vocal cords are getting really inflamed. It's hot tea and hun- hot tea, honey, and lemon, lemon juice. Mm-hmm. So I started doing my hot tea and lemon. And I realized that the tea that I had, one of the things that I got from my mom when she passed last year, and we're coming up on the one year anniversary on the 28th of November. And I'm a little tender this time of year and I got all of her tea sets and tea cups and tea. She, she had a wow. huge variety of tea. And so I had pulled out some of her tea. It's going to take me a lifetime to get through all the tea. So I pulled out <laughs> one of the tea, tea bags that she had purchased and I'm sitting there drinking this hot tea and I'm looking at it. And at first I could feel the stress coming on. My chest got tight when I thought about it that this, my mom bought this tea, you know, and Mm. my chest got tight and it got, and then I was like, but she bought this tea, you know, like how awesome (laughs) is that, that I'm drinking and soothing my sore throat a year after she's passed with the tea that my mom bought. That's like so amazing to me. (laughs) I love that. That's a good thing. She's still taking care of you when you're sick. Yeah, right. I know. It's like, and then, I mean, just immediately just switch the tone of what I had thought about and just immediately the the tightness of my chest went away and I felt like I wanted to celebrate because I know where she is she is celebrating I love that I think that's sweet Sean has this friend that if you ever say something like I have to do this or that like I have to go to work or I have to pick up my child he says um you get to I get to go to work yeah I get to pick up my child. I get to drink this tea that my mom bought who knows when. And right? uh, I get to use her teacup. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's now yours. Yeah. But like, and if he ever hears somebody say have to, he'll correct them. But it's, it does change. Even just saying like, oh, I get to go pick up my daughter. That sounds so much more positive than I have to go do this. Right? It really does. It's a powerful shift. Mm -hmm. You know, and that means I have a car and I'm able to drive <laughs> healthy enough to do those sort of things. So there's always something. If we try hard enough, we can find things to be grateful for, even in difficult circumstances. So when we're thinking about being intentional of an actual practice, something that we're going to try to create a habit of, what kind of things do you do to, to try to make, make an intentional practice of gratitude? Sometimes I'll write things down, and I didn't realize this until I looked back over my the stuff from the Science of Well-Being class. They talk about don't just think about it. Thinking is helpful, but writing it down and being mindful while you're writing it down and thinking about it. One of the other techniques we used in the class was savoring. And this kind of goes back to what you were saying about the memories. Like the longer you linger on something you're grateful for it might embed it in your memory and you're savoring it that increases your happiness <laughs> there's something about oh, that yeah. and writing it down was helpful and so when I read that again this week I thought okay I'm going to start really intentionally writing things down and some of the things I looked up I think it's good to think about the daily things we're grateful for, and they might be the same every single day, but also looking for other things like what made you smile today or what made you laugh? Who helped you or who were you able to help? You know, kind of thinking about those sort of things that might not happen every single day or might be different when they do happen to come up with some other, other things. Like today, I just set a timer <laughs> for six minutes. So I was like, I'm just going to sit here and write down what I can think of to be grateful for. There is something extra powerful about putting your thoughts to paper. And I'm that kind of a learner. I'm visual. So if something's in my head, it doesn't stay there very long if I can't write it down and look at it. Sean is audible. He can listen to books and remember everything. I have to see the words to remember them. Mm -hmm. When the boys were younger, we would take little walks in the park and on trails, local trails and stuff. And I would always challenge them to, to pray for God to show you a specific thing. Like, I want to see an owl. You know, Lord, help us to find an owl. And I would always, because <laughs> I'm just weird like this, I would always say, Lord, please let me see a snake. <laughs> and I, I, would always, I would always be looking for snakes. And one time we, we got all the way to the end of the trail and we were almost coming out of the woods, going to leave, and the boys were like, sorry, Mom, you didn't get your prayer answered. And we were just about to exit, and Garrett looked over and goes, Mom, look. And it was the tail of a black snake, and it was, and all I could see was the tail, and it slithered off, like, underneath a bunch of brush. And I was like, <laughs> I did, too. <laughs> but it was, uh, I, what I was going to say is, my suggestion is, one of the things I like to do when I'm outside and it's extra challenging during the colder months because you don't get to see a lot of things. Even the, you know, the bugs are going away now. So the, the birds are gone, but try to find something beautiful in, in your area, something beautiful, but then be intentional of being thankful that you can see the beauty in that thing. 
because beauty is all over the place, but a lot of times we can't see it because we're focused on other things. And if you can see the beauty, that is a moment to be thankful that you can, you have eyes to see. I love that. And I love what you said about looking for beauty and even typically unbeautiful things. I can tell you that all the Joro spiders are pretty much gone around my house, but right outside my window right now is one the size of my hand (laughs) and she's still holding on. And it's, you know, we're here in the middle of November, so she really should be about done with her life cycle, but she's still holding on. And I know that that is not beautiful to a lot of people, but I think it's really cool that the only ones that are still around my house and still alive are right outside the windows where I can see them. Maybe it's warm (laughs) there. That's a sweet gift. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a spider web can be beautiful if you're not walking through it. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'll go kung fu when I walk through there. (laughs) Right. I think it's funny you pray to see a snake. I might pray the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Gratitude has immense transformational powers for ourselves, our lives, and our circumstances. Gratitude empowers and increases what's right in our lives. Gratitude can change the energy in us and in our environment. Gratitude diminishes the power of the problem and empowers the solution. It releases us from the tight negative grasp of our present circumstance. It releases fear. It helps us move out and move forward. It breeds acceptance, the magic that helps us and our circumstances change. I'd like to challenge you to begin practicing gratitude on a daily basis. I wonder what our lives would be like a year from now if we intentionally practiced gratitude every day. I would be willing to bet that this audience would be filled with a lot more joy and our lives would see some amazing transformation. And until next time, stay wild. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. Let us know what you liked and what your main takeaways were. We'd also love to know what topics you'd want to hear about on future episodes. To connect with us further on social media or to learn more about our services, click on the links in the show notes or email us at womenofwildpodcast at gmail.com. And if you know anyone that would benefit from hearing this episode, please share it. To continue the discussion about this episode, join us in our private Facebook group. The link will be in the show notes. Until next week, stay wild. Stay wild.